first letter of Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is unperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now, for a little while, you have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
for fear of the authorities. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Can you believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Thomas yearned for Christ 
and was all in as soon as Jesus himself walked into the room. To me, Thomas sets a tender and authentic example of belief. Belief in something that is actually present. And yet, Jesus specifically rebuked Thomas for his insistence on being able to see Jesus in order to believe. At least it seems he did. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now, every year I am reading this story and identifying deeply with Thomas. And then Jesus says this thing about people who haven't seen him being blessed for believing anyway. And it feels like something is missing. He had to have known that if we couldn't see him directly, we were going to need something tangible. To know that he was there, something to accompany us, to guide us, to teach us, to love us. We needed the body of Christ. I bet the disciples also knew that we future followers of the way would mean something tangible too. Perhaps when Jesus left the room that evening, and right after someone gave Thomas a paper bag to read it to, and everyone had a chance to take a deep breath. Perhaps someone said, Jesus thinks future potential followers will believe all of this without seeing what we have seen? Seriously? You guys, we're going to need a way to help people to see. I think even they knew. We needed the body of Maybe that was the moment that something about the last supper and Jesus' words to them clicked. Scrolling back a couple of weeks, Jesus knew he wasn't going to be here physically forever. In fact, he was almost out of time. So, at that last Passover with his friends, he said that the bread, which would always be available to them, was his body. And that the wine was his blood. He gave them a way to take his nature into themselves and to become one with him, creating the possibility of a perpetual physical existence through us. So that no one would have to believe without seeking the first generation of Christians to never meet the actual Jesus of Nazareth met the disciples instead. The disciples who were fallible, yet generous, loving, and devoted. Somehow these disciples embodied Jesus. And being near them made people want to know Jesus and to be Jesus. And so people who had never met Jesus joined the body of Christ. The body of Christ grew and traveled generation to generation across the globe through prayer and relationship, through community, sacrament, and love. And now here we are today. The body of Christ in our own time and place, showing Christ to others, seeing Christ in each other, Believing because we have 
our doubts, fears, concerns, wounds, hopes, and hearts right into that upper room time and again, and somehow, mysteriously, nonsensically, beautifully, Christ shows up. Christ will show up wounded like us. Christ will show up in us and through us. Christ will show up because Christ is a body of millions. When you receive a communion waiver at the Eucharist, today and each Sunday that you are here, you hear the words, the body of Christ. These words do not just refer to the Christ-infused bread. They refer to you. You are named in the body of Christ each week. And when you hear the words, the bread of heaven, as the wafer is placed in your hand, I hope you hear that the unity of you and the Eucharist is actually heavenly. A slice of the kingdom comes into fruition when bread that is Christ is placed into your Christ's hand and taken into your Christ's life. Easter was love overcoming the divisiveness of death and confirming for us our need for unity. Unity as one God-bearing body in many beautifully diverse parts equipped to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. And what is the kingdom of God on earth? It is the healing, life-giving, restorative work of Easter, of the body of Christ. Because Easter happens, seeds of love and justice are on the wind. Because Easter happens, there is a body of Christ, and it is right here, and in a thousand other places, right now. Driving in today, I thought of a piece of ceramic artwork on my wall given to me by a friend. It's the image of the earth, and on it it says, this is my body, this is my blood. Because of Easter, the body of Christ might just be all of creation. The activities of Earth Day yesterday were more sacramental than many might know. Because of Easter, more reconciliation happens, more forgiveness happens, more change happens, incrementally, sure. But bit by bit, Easter is happening. Walter Wink said that killing Jesus was like trying to destroy a dandelion by blowing on the we are the people. We are the body. We are the love that the world needs right now. That you need. That I need. That we need. We are Christ because Jesus was Christ. We are Christ because Thomas was, and Mary was, and Francis, and Claire, and Julian of Norwich, and Mother Teresa. And Brother Roger and Martin Luther King Jr. were, and Bishop T. 
Yet we are generous, loving, and devoted. We embody Jesus. We are the body of Christ. This one body across generations and nations and peoples and time and space defies logic and physics and social norms, but it does not defy love. It fulfills love. And in that love, Christ is in the in the recreation of life. We don't have to believe without seeing. I see you, the body of Christ. And so, like Thomas, in Jesus' presence, I believe. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Pray for all 
Boston Archbishop of Canterbury and for reconciliation in the worldwide Anglican community. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks and pray for the ministries of St. John's Chapel at Broughton School, St. Michael's Church, Holliston, St. Paul's Church, Hopkinton, St. Luke's Church, Hudson, and Episcopal Church Women. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. I ask your prayers for Michael, our presiding bishop, Alan and Neil, our bishops, Sarah and Becky, our priests, and Maureen and Judy, our priestesses. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. I ask your prayers for Donald, our president, and Charlie, our governor. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. We pray especially today for Jeanette, the Martin family, David, Laurie, Joan, Larry, Robin, Pat, Huey, Andrew, Jason, Tom, Jackie, Amy, Roy, Susan, Judy, TJ, Jonathan, Richard, Ellie and Susie, Don, Jim, Martha, Robert, Jack, Arlene, Logan, Aviva, Sarah, Janice, Lynn, Edith, Stephen, Oz, Carrie, Harry, Catherine, Alice, Kathy, Joe, Franklin, Susan, Ava, Aurelay, Peter, Christy, Eric, Gail, Wynn, Aliona, Wynn and Jenny, Edie, those without jobs, those serving in the military, all who work for peace, and all who are suffering as they flee war-torn countries. Are there others? Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. We pray for all who have died, especially Dr. Ginger Lazen. Are there others? Give to the departed eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us join together in praying the prayer for our parish as found in your bulletin. Gracious God, we pray that your Holy Spirit by Trinity Church in this time of change and transition. During this interim time, open our hearts in thanksgiving for this parish as we are now, and as we discern our work together, guide our search committee to work together
multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever.
morning. I'm Arthur Walker, and uh, I'm speaking on behalf of the Conquer Carlisle uh, Human Rights Council, which I'm a member. And next Sunday at 7 p.m. in the Conquer Townhouse, we will have uh, presented for us the annual Holocaust Memorial uh, uh, recognition uh, with a speaker and I think some music provided, and, and uh, I believe this will always be an inspirational and moving and, uh, and, and important event for us to attend. So that's 7 p.m. next Sunday at the Concord Townhouse. Thank you. Good morning, I'm Chuck Mason, and I'm going to give you some information about our annual progressive dinner, which is scheduled for the 6th of May. We chose a poor day this year, and a number of people who are important to us could not be available, so we are not going to have the progressive dinner this spring. We'll go to next year with a better calendar. People remind me that I forget to announce who I am as I come up here, so I'm Robert Barney, the director of music. And I've got two announcements that are applicable to all ages. The first is, next Saturday, is the all-parish recital. I have five people signed up. There's room for a few more. It will take place at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it will be in here, because one of the people who signed up is going to play an organ piece. The second announcement I'm going to make is about the choir. And I know you see... Often, Sunday after Sunday, a vast wall of black and white in front of you. We have room for more singers. So if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to come talk to me. If you are an adult, if you are a parent for your children, we have a youth choir and a junior choir. The junior choir is for young people with no experience at all, and uh, I would love to add to that. Youth Choir is for middle school and early high school grades, and I would love to add to that too. So if you're a parent of children, or if you're an adult who wishes to sing the choir, come speak to me. Thank you. Because of school vacation, there is no youth group this afternoon, but if you're speaking to any youth, uh, next week youth group is a little different. Instead of at 4 o'clock, you're meeting at 1.30 or 1.15. An active box for a high school to go to a theater production of one of our youth group members. So um, you should check their email or their parents' email for a link to secure tickets for that. Um, also, you may have heard in the prayers of the people, Ginger Lake and God on Friday night after a long illness. Um, her service will be here on Saturday, upcoming at 2.30 in the afternoon. 
remembering now his work of redemption and offering to you this sacrifice of thanksgiving.